Welcome in uh, to 2022 and uh, first edition of the new year of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And I uh, have another great guest uh, lined up this week is uh, Urbana graduate Matt Samelsberger uh, will join me in just a couple of minutes here. Matt uh, is a mixed martial artist. Uh, he fights in the UFC. He's had a very uh, interesting career so far. He's, he's three and one at 170 pounds uh, so far in the UFC. Um, so, so we'll talk to Matt about his uh, mixed martial arts career. Uh, we'll talk to him about what made him want to be a cage fighter. Uh, uh, what's it like to be in there with a guy trying to take your head off while he's trying, while you're trying to take his head off, and uh, we, uh, lots of great questions uh, for Matt. He's, he's led a very uh, inter- interesting life. Uh, John Cannon is uh, back with me this week. John, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, glad you're back with us. Uh, you remember Matt Semmelsberger, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, from football, um, or been a football more than anything else. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was he was a big-time uh, hitter on, on, on the football field. He played uh, defensive back uh, for, for Urbana. I graduated in 2016, uh, and I, I just remember some of the some of the licks that he la- he laid on uh, um, some opposing players. So, uh, a re- really talented uh, defensive back for some of, for some uh, good uh, Urbana teams. Uh, also wrestled uh, at, uh, at Urbana and had had a decent uh, wrestling career at Urbana. So, uh, anyway, I look forward to talking to Matt. Uh, it was it was great chatting with uh, Rob uh, Havenstein uh, last week, and uh, very happy. First uh, episode of the new year to have another uh, big guest in uh, UFC fighter Matt Semmelsberger uh, from Urbana. Uh, John, the basketball season is underway. Uh, just what are your early impressions of uh, of some of these teams uh, here in Frederick County? And the other night I got to see uh, Walkersville and Oakdale girls. Um, uh, both those teams really young, and it's a weird season because uh, aside from the usual injuries, you know, certain teams have like they lose a couple of players during the week because of COVID reasons, that type of thing. So it's been kind of a kind of an unusual season, of course, not not surprising. But uh, so far, again, Urbana, Frederick, uh, well, Urbana seems to be our top not a top team, and they're still in. Uh, they're, well, they're not unbeaten, but they're they're Urbana. Yeah, they are unbeaten, Urbana. As is Catoctin girls, so uh. yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about Catoctin because they are they're they're unbeaten too. They're off to a, a, a great start. I, I think you've seen Catoctin. What what are your impression of the Catoctin girls? Yeah, good scrappy team. They uh, they they play hard. Good defense. Uh, they have a couple of seniors that have been there for uh, were there back when they were sophomores. They went to the state. I want to say quarterfinals. So they're and they got some some seasoned players, and they they could be a real make some noise in one A in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. Have, have you seen any boys teams uh, so far? Yeah. Actually, I got to see Linganore uh, uh, last week, and uh, was that last week? Uh, holidays really threw me off, <laughs> and they were also un, undefeated. And then of course their big gun is Timmy Connor, who came right off the football season and. You know, didn't didn't miss a beat really. Just like you've been practicing for three months for basketball. Right. Uh, everyone's wearing masks. Uh, we're, 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 things are still proceeding as, as is normal, John. But but are you worried that with this, this surge of the virus that we're currently in the middle of, do you, do you think things might get a little more restricted, or, or are you worried about that? Well, actually, MSD uh, Maryland School for the Deaf this week just uh, said that they would not allow spectators into uh, games, into basketball games. And uh, so that's uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, FCPS kind of at least considers that. I mean, if things get really bad, although we were talking about this earlier. I mean, the way this is Omicron, if you read read the stories, these, these health experts say that they think it'll peak very soon, very quickly. And there might be a real quick drop off, hopefully. 
Uh, hopefully that's the case for many, many reasons. Yeah, just, just from reading all of the stories about it, uh, it, it seems like it's a less severe uh, version of the virus. It's not as bad as this Delta, maybe even the original strain. Um, uh, in South Africa, where it was first discovered, it, we had this huge uh, rush of cases, and then it dropped off a cliff, really. Uh, uh, it fizzled out very quickly, and, uh, and a lot of the medical people are saying that they sort of expect a similar pattern uh, to, to unfold here in this country where it, it'll peak and then maybe it'll uh, dissipate fa f fairly quickly. So, right. so, 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 so let's hope. Um, uh, first uh, prep page uh, was out this week. Did anything jump out at you as, as you were putting the stats on the page? Uh, just a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, the usual names, the usual suspects of teams we talk about had top people up there. But uh, it made a good turnout. Um, and, of course, the big thing, it's only the holidays is kind of like a big break, and we were ready to delve back into the schedule full tilt, and lo and behold, we have weather now coming in, and of course, it cancel games Thursday night, and we'll see how Friday plays out. Yeah, uh, the, the city game, I, I think you were lined up to see the Frederick and uh, TJ boys, which could be a, a be really good. a really competitive game. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll just see how, how the rest of this plays out. Hopefully, Hopefully we could keep – uh, moving forward as normal, and there, there's not a need for for uh, any further restrictions. Uh, Frederick and Urbana, you think, are the two best girls teams, you said? I'll say Fred Frederick for now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> That's going to clear my throat. Um, yeah, I, right now I would say so. Um, now, Catoctin has not played either of those teams. Well, I'm, my voice is going away. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll give you a minute. We'll, 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 switch, we'll switch over to the to the wrestling scene for a second. I, yeah. Where Leganor seems to be the seems to be the class of of the Frederick County wrestling uh, 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 season so far. It's just a very deep uh, team, uh, a good mix of underclassmen and uh, and some juniors, and I think they have three seniors on the team. But not a lot of holes in the lineup. I saw him beat Urbana. Uh, fairly handily on Wednesday night, and um, and uh, Urbana was uh, missing five starters uh, due to COVID reasons, and one had a concussion. So Urbana wasn't in full strength, but I'm not sure how much of a difference would have made. Lig Ligonor is a, a really strong wrestling team, and and them in Middletown, I, I think, uh, uh, will will sort of vie for the for the county uh, championship uh, this season. Uh, how you doing over there, John? You, you, <laughs> yeah, I'm you, kind you, of back. You, yeah, you, you back? Not uh, COVID or anything. Just uh, <laughs> probably a glass of water. Yeah, well, we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll stay socially distanced uh, here uh, here in yeah. the studio. Yeah. Um, but 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 just finish your thought on the Frederick or Bannon girls. Yeah, actually, um, uh, Frederick suffered a loss, but they uh, they haven't played. They have not played Urbana, obviously, and that that would be one to see. I have not looked at Catoctin's schedule. I'd like to see how they um how they fared against uh, Urbana, who I have seen. Uh, they're really good. Um, and of course, we talked about boys, and and you know, on the other side, of course, Linganore was undefeated, but then there's Walkersville, who's really been a really tough team this year. As well. Right? Yeah. Well, Walkersville had had a great win uh, over Oakdale, um, a double overtime win over Oakdale on Monday. So the Walkersville boys, uh, just a just a really solid team. I don't know if they have a star player per se. They have very good players, mm -hmm. but um, but they they, they just have um a a, a very uh, solid, well balanced team and. Got to a fast start against Oakdale and then uh, made the plays they needed to uh, 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 in, in the end to win. Uh, they had a number of key shots down the stretch to pull that game out. Do you find in basketball that the, the classifications matter all that much, John? Like, like 
if a, it's a three A school or a one A school, do you, do you see a big difference there? Not not as much as something like football. You know, I mean, it doesn't. You know, like in in the past couple of years, you've had like Middletown's been like one of our big dogs or a two A team, and they can hold a room with any three A or four A team in our area in the general vicinity. So not as much as in other sports. Um, but, uh, I mean, it plays a little bit of a role, especially a really small school like a Brunswick and Catoctin. You know, they don't necessarily have the draw areas, but although they've turned out some pretty good teams in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah, uh, th- this next six weeks or so is pretty important because it'll, it'll set the stage for the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. We have about uh, another month or so ago, maybe a little more than a month before before we uh, start talking about the playoffs. And then all of a sudden it'll be March and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about state championships. So, uh, so this next six weeks, everyone's back from the new year. The holidays are over. Everyone's sort of getting back into the normal rhythm of life and the swing of things. Uh, so, well, so we'll see how things unfold over this next, uh, six weeks and, and see how teams position themselves heading into the playoffs. John, uh, great to have you back. Uh, th- thanks so much for doing this. And on the other side of this very, uh, quick break, uh, Matt Samuelsberger, Urbana graduate and UFC fighter. Stay tuned, everyone. My guest this week beats people up for a living. He is uh, 9-3 overall and 3-1 and as a welterweight in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He graduated from Urbana High School in 2016. You can find him on Twitter at, at SemiTheJedi. Very pleased to welcome onto the podcast a man I was always very fond of covering when he was a high school athlete. We've exchanged many fist bumps together over the years. Let's say hello to Matt Semmelsberger. Matt, it's been too long, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, what's up, Greg? Yeah, man. It's been uh been a while, man. I definitely remember talking to you after like football games and I think like wrestling matches and there's yeah, a bunch I, of different sports, man. Yeah, we're we're gonna get into all that. But first, tell me what it's like to legally punch someone in the face. <laughs> it feels pretty good, man, not gonna lie. Which is uh not that I I'm like a super violent person really, but like I um I'm a competitive sporty person. So when I found out about a sport where you could punch people in the face and not get in trouble for it, then I was pretty, pretty hooked. Well, what does it take to be a UFC fighter? What what, what sort of makeup do you have to have as a person? Uh, a lot of people think these guys have a few screws loose and you have to be crazy. I mean, do you have to be crazy to do something like this? I think so, like a little bit. But like, uh, not like, not too crazy. Because if you're too crazy, then you'll, you'll derail before you even get the chance to fight at a high, high level, you know? So it's like, kind of have to have a balance of it a little bit. So, um and I would say more of it's like uh, the attitude. So if you have a great attitude uh, and a willingness to like learn and, and be humble, that's definitely a huge part of it um, because you're going to have to learn for years and years and years and just kind of work at your craft. So you got to be patient. Um, and then at the same time, uh, you definitely just kind of have to love, love, love the sport, uh, whether it's, you know, like jujitsu or boxing or like MMA where everything's involved. You just have to be kind of passionate about it, man. So, how, um, how, I mean, how, go, the, ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. Sorry, I was going to say the physical part of it is um, is important as well. Obviously, you got to be you got to be strong. You got to be fast. You got to be athletic. So, um, you can't knock. I'm not knocking any of that. Like you got to have the physical to back everything up mentally. But uh, but yeah, that's all I was going to say. How how crazy is Matt Semmelsberger? Pretty crazy. Uh, in my younger days, I was a lot crazier, but I've definitely kind of learned to hone in and like oh, you, channel you, you, my you, craziness. You, you've calmed down as your mixed martial arts career has progressed here. 
Oh yeah. No, I mean, I would say more of that as a, just as a person, <laughs> uh, and just as like, um, yeah, just as like how, how I've matured over the years, just, uh, inside or outside of the cage. Um, but I kind of treat both as, as the same. Cause I feel like they're both heavily connected. What you're doing on the outside of the cage heavily reflects what, what you see on the inside for sure. Yeah, Matt, uh, take us all through a uh, fight night experience uh, in, in the UFC. When when your music hits and the it's a packed arena and you're making your way toward the octagon, w- w- what's going through your head? Uh, well, when if I'm in a good headspace, um, I'm just like super grateful to be there. I'm happy to be there. Uh, but it's not like um, the way I put it, like, it's not like a happy go lucky. Like, I don't realize what's about to happen. Like I'm focused. I'm, uh, I know exactly what's about to happen. Um, so it's kind of like walking out. You, uh, you have this like feeling that like, you know what you're heading into and you know, it's big and you know, it's, uh, it's going to be epic. But at the same time, you're extremely happy and extremely grateful to be, to be heading that way. Um, as scary as like a fight can be. Cause trust me, man, there is like a fear factor. And again, I'm going back to like the whole balance thing. You got to be balanced, but it's good to have a little bit of fear, be a little bit scared, but you can definitely not, uh, can't let it overtake you. It's a good servant, but a bad master. Yeah. You said when you're in a good headspace, what if you're not in a good headspace? If I'm in a good headspace, uh, I, I'm not really much is going on in my head. Usually I'm kind of like in a, I feel kind of blank, like, almost because I'm, I'm tuning out of my own mind and I'm like taking in everything else. And it's like, um, it's just kind of like that, the craziness of just all the people yelling and the like, um, I don't know, it's weird to explain, but I've had, cause it's only happened a few times. Um, cause in the, for the most part, um, I'm pretty in a, in a pretty good headspace going into fights, but it's like, you can't really focus on anything. Um, almost like you don't really know what's going on um just because you're literally like it's like you're just observing and looking around and and not really thinking about what you need to be thinking about um the best way i can explain it is what i think my first pro fight that i lost i remember like walking into the cage and like i could hear everything from the outside like i could hear my opponent's girlfriend screaming uh whenever his name got announced and she had like the, like uh, a really just like high pitched scream that just like rang throughout my whole body. And it's just and, like, and I how allowed... long did that, how long did that voice stay in your head? A while, man, especially cause I ended up losing that fight. But, um, but just like, uh, I guess you could say I, I had like, you have no control over your, uh, over your really not, I don't want to say emotions, but you have no control over like your sensory input. Uh, therefore you're you're picking up like this or you're picking up that you're picking up this and it's all just kind of this crazy it's taking you away from what you want to be thinking about which is like the fight that's about to happen um is, is that so, a ba- is that a bad headspace when you're picking up all this other noise and stuff like that is that what you would describe as a bad yeah headspace? yeah i would say the fight it's like, and it's kind of like when people say oh i'm in the zone like it's like everything else kind of disappears it's like um like uh, the term flow state, um, you're kind of like tunnel vision in and everything else on the outside, you don't, it doesn't exist. You don't even really feel it or like, like notice it until after the fight or after you're kind of snapped out of it and you kind of go back and replay it and you're like, holy crap, I wasn't, I didn't literally just, there was nothing else except the fight. I like, I couldn't like, 
there was no me, there was no this, there was just me and this one sole task that I'm trying to accomplish. So well, it's very, that's why uh, it's, it's strange, man. It's really weird to talk about. Yeah. But um, that's the best way I could put it. When, when the fight starts, is the whole outside world just out of your mind? I mean, you don't hear a thing. You don't see a thing. You're just so locked in on that fight that the outside world is basically not there. <laughs> yeah, and it's like there's levels to it. Like walking out, I'm almost – when I'm in a good headspace, I'm almost already in that tunnel vision, in that zone. And then as the as the fight begins, you know, it gets, you know, narrow, more narrow, more narrow, and then, you know – Obviously, in the chaos of the fight, it's gonna. That's gonna all. Be that's crazy. all you're thinking about. Yeah, just, just surviving, right? Is, is, is that's what is that what goes through your mind when you when you're fighting is surviving? Not, really not, so not literally, surviving. not literally surviving, but I mean, just getting through what you, a guy that's trying to take your head off. <laughs> yeah, well, it's. Uh, I mean, it is survival for sure, 100. Uh, it is a survival game, but at the same time, it's like we're entertainers and we're paid to go out there and, and to be aggressive and to be and to press the action. So um, I'm very much, that's very much in like the forefront of my mind as well as a fighter. So it's like, uh, you know, surfing that wave and finding that balance between survival and like domination, you know what I mean? So it's uh, the crazy game, man. That's why I love MMA so much. It's such a, just like the be all end all type of game like the most dangerous game obviously we have a it's a professional sport and we have things in place and it's a, as safe as it could be but at, in the end of it man it's like uh like the most dangerous game really the entertainment factor that you just mentioned do, do, does dana white talk to you about that do your coaches talk to you about that i mean do they say yeah you're a fighter but you're also an entertainer so so take some chances go for some stuff i mean yeah um but it's not like they they harp on it because in the, at the end of the day, like you got to be smart in there. You could, you could go in there and just start throwing everything in the kitchen sink at them. And then ended up like you'd be opening yourself up to get caught by someone who's slick and someone who's precise with their shots. So, um, yeah, they definitely, I mean, they're definitely not going to say, uh, you know, do everything you have to do to win, like forget everything else. Now that's definitely not the, not the, uh, the way you want to really take it but there's fighters who are kind of like that you know um who who just want to fight to win and it's more of like a survival thing for them i guess um but who knows man it's like it's every person's different um so it's hard to like get into other people's heads and and kind of think about how they might approach their fight style and and their path to victory but for me i just like um I like taking pride in defense, especially because I played defensive back in college. Yeah, you were a safety, was, uh, right? And I was a safety, so I ha I love defense, man. Uh, and it, I, that grew from football, playing defense in football. But at the same time, I love being aggressive and I love being offensive, probably more than defense, though. When I watched you play football, it seemed like there was nothing more you like to do than just to deliver a bone rattling hit. Is, 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 <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's exactly. true, right? <laughs> Yes, very true. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what sort of high did you get from really uh, crunching a guy playing football? I don't know, man. It was, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You just, uh, it's like asking somebody, like, why do you like to garden? You know what I mean? Or like, why do you like to do this or that? Just kind of um, it makes you feel good, man. And I'm not saying, like, I like hurting people. Obviously, like, 
I'm a pretty chill person and a pretty kind person. Uh, but you know, it's a you're in a sport, you're in a game, and under that rule set, under those laws, in that game, in that universe of whatever you're playing in, you know, it's legal to hit people. So it's like that's the part of the game that I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When that octagon door closes behind you and it's just you, your opponent, and a referee in an eight-sided cage. What what are you feeling in that moment? Um, in that moment, honestly, man, not really anything. It's uh, because I'm just so focused on what's about to happen, and uh, I'll put it this way, uh, because it wasn't the best answer off the bat. The fight's so chaotic, and you, I mean, you have an opponent, and you've studied them, and you have an idea of what's about to happen, and like, oh wow, they might come out, so. Usually, um, I'm kind of getting the read on my opponent. I'm looking at them, and uh, and I'm kind of like playing the anticipa- anticipation game a little bit. Not that uh, like I'm harping on it, like oh he's definitely gonna do this or that, but I'm basically reminding myself, going through my checklist of things that we've been working, things to remember, like related to either his style that we're about to deal with or what we were trying to implement for our game plan. It's like that last second, like, all right, check, boom, okay, we're good here, we're good there, all right, and I'm just waiting for the bell. And as soon as the bell rings, man, you don't really think about anything. You're just going out there and just, it's all reaction and action and reaction, I'd say. Yeah, how quickly does the fight veer from the script in your head? Pretty quickly, as soon as the as soon as the bell rings, to be honest. But it's one of those things where, um, if you're in a good state of mind, uh, it's like um, and I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it, but uh, no, I mean it's just like you just gotta stay focused on on the game plan, and it's it's hard to sometimes for sure. Um, but yeah, man, you just that's what the training's for. That's what the training camp's for and putting in that work for like the eight weeks or however long you have. Um, yeah, man, it's hard to explain. <laughs> I, I, I bet it. I mean, just, just putting yourself in that mindset is not something that the, the average person can do. Uh, I would oh, say. Yeah. And even so, going yeah. back to it, like, uh, it's hard sometimes, uh, being in that mind state because it's almost like being in a dream. You know what I mean? You wake up from a dream. You're like, trying to remember everything that happened and you got bits and pieces but you never have the whole thing and uh a lot of my fights have been like that um where it's like i'll I'll be in such a crazy headspace and then i'll be out of it in my normal everyday life and i'm trying to go back to it and remember it i'm like man trying to remember exactly how that was like (laughs) yeah Right. When we talked a couple of weeks ago, Matt, yeah, you said you were dealing with some uh, some some personal stuff. Are you are, are you okay now? And are you are you able to expand on that a little bit? Or yeah, man, yeah, I'm doing a lot better. And I think a lot of that stemmed from um, just like uh, me not taking care of my body as well as I could have. Um, what what was the issue? And that goes. So that's like uh, I'll put it this way. So like hydrate for a person like me, like a an athlete, a professional athlete. Um, like hydration as something as simple as that. Like I wasn't being uh, cognizant and disciplined with how much water I was drinking every day. So I'd be going into training session dehydrated. So you start adding that to the, to the factors there. Um, And then uh, caffeine 
<laughs> coffee. I was drinking a lot of coffee, man. Um, which caffeine, like it, it's helpful and stuff like that, but it, it was getting to the point where I was drinking morning, afternoon, and even at night because I'd be training at night. So and then you, when I you love co- you love sleep. coffee that much? Not anymore, dude. I mean, like I love coffee. I like caffeine. Trust me. But I'm basically at the point now where like I took three weeks off of caffeine completely, and then now I'm basically on like every couple of days if I'm feeling like I need it, I'll take I'll drink like a cup in the morning before I go train, and then anytime. Anytime afternoon, I can't have it because it's going to mess with my sleep. Yeah. Um, which, getting on to the next thing, sleep. I've been sleeping a lot better, uh, trying to put myself to bed at a, at a better time. Because sometimes I'm training at night and I get home and it's hard to put yourself to sleep, man, when your body's already in that go mode from training. So um, I've been getting a lot more on top of my sleep. So, um, you know, simple stuff like that, man um it's gonna like run your like if you're not paying attention to that stuff it's gonna run your body down and it just dude it's like that mind body connection man if your body is feeling jacked up and you are dehydrated and your your body's just aching and painting like you do not feel good mentally man so um and um yeah man i just i was just not feeling i was like almost one of those things where i felt like i was i was aging at a incredibly fast rate <laughs> Yeah, my body was feeling real real broke down man and uh i was getting worried because i was like man like i'm only like 28 years old granted i've been playing sports my whole life and crashing into things my whole life but you know um been relatively smart with how i train especially in my adult life um but like how i take care of my body afterwards right like the yin and i had the yin but i have to add the yang to it so um the recovery stuff, I've been taking that a lot more seriously. Um, I've been doing a lot of like cold, uh, cold therapy. So like really, really ice cold showers uh, or ice baths and stuff like that. So I'm feeling a lot better, man. It It's crazy as simple as that sounds. Like you would think like, oh man, like you're going through some stuff, like which some people have some things. It, it was physical outside. though. It wasn't, it wasn't mental. It was, it was all, we have mostly all yeah. physical. Yeah. Yeah. All physical, but then, you know, it all translated up, up top. Um, and it was getting hard to get to the gym and, and get to training and like have the motivation to get there and be focused and learning. And it's, it's tough, man, when you're not taking care of your body. So how, that how, was a big how, how'd, how'd you snap out? How'd you snap out of it? Or did someone help you or did you do it by yourself? Uh, I mean, dude, I got my family, my friends, they're always been super chill. Um, and, and I'm obviously very, like, I, I communicate pretty well with them. Um, sometimes I wait a little bit too long, uh, and I kind of like break down a little bit and then I have to like give them the whole spiel of what's going on. And then, you know, it's like everything will get better because I'll eventually, I eventually realize and I'll make an adjustment. But sometimes I'm, I'm a little bit late sometimes. I'll definitely, I know that about myself. Um. But also my coaches, man, I talked to my coaches and let them know what was good. Uh, Coach Sebastian and Coach John, um, they were super supportive of it. Um, and then just in general, man, like I, it was kind of nice in a way. I didn't like being out of the gym for like, I was only out uh, for like two, two and a half weeks close to like Christmas time-ish because like there was like a little bit of a COVID wave going through the communities and stuff and, you know, like people that I were in my social, social circle were getting it. And, um, I thought I got it, uh, I, but I got tested and I was good. Um, but I just, you know, I stayed home for two weeks. I, uh, 
took a hiatus on like caffeine. I, uh, you know, just kind of took some time to like hang, hang with the fam and just kind of get, get myself together a little bit. And honestly, man, it was nice. It was like honestly a nice little, little break, but, um, you still live here in Frederick County, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just moved actually to the Urbana villages in the townhouse. So I'm out here now. Fantastic. Right by, right by the old stomping ground. (laughs) Right. Uh, and and your training too. Uh, is is your next fight lined up? Um, and if if not, when might it uh, materialize? So it's not officially lined up. There's nothing signed yet. Um, but I think we're shooting for like, um, shoot for like March maybe or like late February into March. Um, but yeah, dude. Anytime after like mid mid February, I'm trying to hop on anything. So, um, hopefully I'll get worried about something and have the time and uh preparation that i need but to be honest man i'm just i've been training pretty hard uh getting back into the gym this last week or so and then i'm gonna keep this keep this pace and keep this volume high because i'm basically in training camp right now man i'm just the only time it's gonna become official is whenever i sign and that's like who knows when it's gonna happen even as long as i've been fighting one thing you know about like getting fights and you know knowing or anticipating when you'll get them it's like sometimes there's like you'll get like three or four fight offers in a week and then other times it's like there's nothing out there um and it all depends right uh there's other fighters who are in the rotations and like some fighters not might not be trying to fight in march and april who are and it might it might not be a lot of welterweights who are aiming for that time period and the ufc's pretty pretty good about like asking fighters when they what timeline they'd like to get back you know obviously that uh once you get closer down the rankings you know top 20 10 stuff like that towards the champions and you know you don't have as much leeway with your return and stuff because of ranking sake but for the most part um i can kind of you kind of like can choose around your timeline when you want to fight so um i'm shooting for late late february march I think is what we're looking for. Do you have an idea who you're going to fight? Not really, man. Um, not really. To be to be very honest. Uh, so so you just got to match up with someone timeline wise. You got to look up. You got to match up with Kinda, someone yeah, looking well, to fight like, around the same time. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm not saying like I don't, I don't want to be a picky fighter. By all means, like I'll like uh, I wouldn't have a problem taking shorter notice fights. If it um if it worked out with like everything that was going on with like me and my team and like um there's other fighters at my gym and stuff who have fights coming up and stuff like that and it's like we're not these this huge 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 uh world renowned uh uh like and I'm saying from like a pure MMA competition aspect world renowned MMA gym with all these UFC fighters and Bellator fighters and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm the one UFC fighter out of our gym right now. Now there's going to be a lot more. I'll tell you that because we're building up. Um, You're at clinch Academy, right? Uh, well, uh, here's the thing. So I started at clinch. I still am definitely part of the clinch fam. Uh, I still am heavily tied to the clinch, fam, uh, clinch Academy family. Uh, but I actually train pretty much solely at crazy 88 which is in Elkridge, Maryland. I and mean, there's like a couple other locations in Glen Burnie and I forget where the other one is, but, um, so I've been at crazy 88 shoot, man, probably since 
would say 2017-ish or something like that. It was after my after my third pro fight is when I started splitting time between clinch and 88, and then eventually it kind of just moved everything over to 88. But at gotcha. the same time, I'm, I'm hanging out at the clinch, though. I go there, you know, every – excuse me every now and again to to get roles in and, and talk to Luke Reinhardt, who's the owner there. And uh, it's like I started there, man, from a, when I was a freshman. And that, that was my first introduction to MMA. And uh, Luke Reinhardt and everyone at Clinch were just some of the best people you could meet, man, and some of the best people to learn, like, uh, martial arts from, particularly jujitsu. Yeah. Um, I know, like, there's obviously kickboxing programs and stuff like that at Clinch, but their jujitsu is – amazing right when you wrestled at urbana you weren't a great wrestler right i was not nah, not particularly i was more of just a football player who was who liked to wrestle a because i was into mma and b because i liked uh i i felt like it would help me for for like cop getting into college like i wanted to play big division one football so i figured like wrestling would help me get there you know wrestling's a great sport man can help you with anything you're trying to do, really. <laughs> right. But but you had a big win, I remember, in wrestling. You beat uh, Judd Ziegler, who was like a 100-win-plus kid for Middletown. And, 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 you, and you, uh, you, yeah. you had some big wins uh, in, in He got in me wrestling. back, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> he got me back. And I think it was the county, county finals or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, wrestling, yeah, wrestling was a fun, fun sport for me, man. I had fun doing it, but uh, I was never really super serious about it. Right. So, so you said you're in camp now. So, what are you doing in camp? Like, if you don't know who your next fighter is going to be, how are you training? Uh, I mean, I kind of leave a lot of that up to like, um, like my coaches. But for the most part, like we have morning sessions a couple times a week where it's like fight teams with all the MMA guys, and we're drilling and we're sparring, uh, sparring lightly, uh, and just like playing and learning how to implement different things. Um, and then, you know, we're doing like a lot of heavy like pad work and backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, other sessions in the night I'm, or in like the evening I'll go and I'll do like grappling drills with, uh, my coach, John, and, uh, he'll run me and a couple other guys who are there through, I don't know, like 30, 45 minutes of drilling. And then we'll do like a bunch of live, uh, like grappling rounds in the end with like, you know, regular, you know, submissions, sweeps and all that stuff. Um, and then, uh, let's see here, we get like, I do like a boxing session, uh, with our one coach Southside, uh, and he knows his boxing really, really well. So I'll do like a specialized section of that. So I kind of like have my sessions where I'm breaking it down to like jujitsu or, grappling or boxing or or uh like a whole session like our mma fight team where we're mixing everything together so but you can't uh, get you like, can't get game plans uh specific for your next fight though because you don't know who your opponent's going to be not really no i mean but at the same time i'd say i'm more and i'd say i'm not speaking for my coaches because like they have their like we all have our system and stuff that they work off of and teach us but um talking for like MMA specifically um I think it's good to have like your own uh like have like your own base game plan like a home base thing right 
so have like your your strengths and build this uh build this game plan or this system for yourself around your strength and then obviously you need to address your weaknesses as they come but you can kind of work on what you're really really good at while kind of you know maintaining and and um and working on the weaknesses here and there and then whenever you get a fight and you know who you're fighting opponent wise then it's like okay now we know all right this guy's more of a grappler he's more of a striker here's where we could face some issues here's where he could give us problems this is what we need to focus on now and we're going to shift this focus starting now so it's like you can do uh you can be proactive about it but uh you can only do so much right what in the world made you want to be a cage fighter watching it man i i saw one of uh actually you probably remember the crop crop family yeah uh, they had a bunch of bunch of boys who wrestled and they have annie who's uh who's their daughter um but they showed me the first ufc tapes that i ever saw and i think i was like late elementary school or something like that but i wrestled with them and our friend our family uh, is really really tight with them so I was over hanging out with like Billy and Justin and Adam and them, and they were showing me these UFC tapes. And it was the first time I had ever seen it. And I was just kind of like fascinated by watching it. And I was like, this is, this sport is crazy. This is wild. So I was like, it excited me. And it also kind of scared me at the same time, which like it's a pretty good formula for getting me interested in something. Yeah. If something scares you, you more, you're more attracted to it, right? Yeah. In a way. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, that was kind of like the initial spark. Uh, and then what fed the flame, I would probably say is what just going through uh, college. And um, and at first I wanted to like try and play in the NFL. And that was like the first dream. And then fighting was always kind of in the back of my mind um, too, because it was like, oh man, I want to play in the NFL, but it'd be also pretty cool to be a UFC fighter one day. Um so <laughs> I'd say in college, right before I dropped out the year before, uh, one of my friends, uh, one of my best friends, Kurt Neubauer, had died in a car accident. And it was like pretty crazy, man. Like um, I was hanging out with him the, the whole day before because we had been working together like all summer for this one company, like driving a uh, um construction materials out to like construction sites and stuff so it's like hanging out with them the whole like day before we were talking a lot about like what you know goals in life and what we wanted to do in life and i was obviously talking about like at that point in my life i basically was like i'm not going to be an nfl player like i'm not i'm not at a big enough school like i haven't devoted and been focused enough like and go i like had a lot of things getting in the way right mentally in college that I had to overcome so it was all boiled down to like this conversation I had with this with my best friend or one of my best friends and uh it was just like real real encouraging like he was really encouraging about everything and just like he was always a really smart like just virtuous humble person man he's just a very genuine person and he just gave me a lot of really good advice and uh and then like the next day he passed away and uh, then I went back to college not too long after that. So I was kind of like messed up for a little bit, man, like in the head. Um, yeah. But what what sort then, of impact did his loss have on you? It was big, man. I mean, uh, I just, 
it sucked because I had I had known him for an extremely long time. We've been like really good friends basically since like kindergarten. We went went elementary all the way through high school. We were like a uh, couple years. Uh, we were both juniors in college when he had passed when he had passed away. Um, so it was it was wild, man. I'd never. I mean, like I had I've had some crazy things happen in my family, right? Uh, like near death wise, but I never had like a close close friend to me like that ever pass away and given the circumstances of me hanging out with him the day before and like having that conversation with him and we were like you know even talking about life and death and stuff like that it was just very strange man um that the next day that he was just gone um so it messed it just kind of messed with me man and um going back to like the question you asked why i wanted to become a cage fighter so i at that point i was kind of looking at everything that was going on around me uh, like personally and like it's just really looking inward and asking myself what I really wanted to do in life and I just like I just had this burning desire to like find what I'm capable of and just like find challenges and and beat them and overcome them and just like use that process to become a better person and become a smarter person become a nicer person and a kinder person um, so that's basically what it all boils down to but you know after after Kurt died and that was kind of like a little bit of a final nudge. Like, yeah, man, I, I don't think college is going to be working out for me. Like I, I don't see myself doing like your normal, like a uh, normal everyday job. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, that's, you left, Mar- people... you, you left Marist with, you were two classes shy of graduating at Marist, right? Yeah. So I had like two classes and like one, uh, it was like, uh, what was it? Uh, like an internship that I had to do for like, but, but if, if, if you're that close, why not just finish? So they had, um, so I would have, honestly, if I had one semester to go, I probably ended up would have, I probably ended up would have stayed, I would have stayed. But since I went to like a small college, they didn't offer like every uh, course on the course catalog every semester. So like the two, it just so happened that the two classes that I needed were not offered in the same semester. So it was like, I would have had to take one in the spring uh in the fall and then come back and take one in the spring so i didn't want to do that i didn't want to spend a whole another year just being in that atmosphere to be honest because like look college atmosphere is fun but it's not not exactly healthy especially especially when you have like a a curious like bright uh, i should say more like just a curious personality like mine yeah like adventurous i guess is a better word will, will you eventually get your degree will you eventually take those two classes and get your oh degree? yeah yeah big time yeah i mean and honestly man i'll probably end up just transferring credits and like i like i was studying criminal justice in college um which at the time i was pretty interested in but now not so much um so i think i want to like maybe change course and and maybe pick a different major but who knows man we'll see what, what do your friends and family think of what you do they were very supportive of it, man. Um, when I first dropped out and was like first kind of starting this thing, it was like they were always supportive. But in the beginning, it was like it was a little bit of a rough adjustment for sure. Because it's like you come back home and then you basically, if you're the parent, your child comes home and is like, yeah, I dropped out of school basically saying like the money that you spent on me or help help me with in college is basically for nothing 
and, and I'm gonna and go now try I wanna, to fight now people. I want to choke now I want to choke people out and potentially get choked out. So yes. So, uh, so how, yeah, how did how did, mom, how did mom handle that handle that conversation? I mean, very serious, very stern. Um, maybe a little bit disappointed. Uh, probably disappointed, um, but supportive in the end. What what like what, what, the, flipped, her, what the, flipped her? When did she get on board with? When when did she get on board with your MMA career? I mean, she was always on board with it, man. Like, uh, I'll put it this way. My parents have always been on board with everything I've done. Um, and they've always been super supportive, but they've definitely never shied away from voicing their true opinion, true opinion on it and, and how they exactly feel on it. Uh, so, which feeds into probably the reason why I have a pretty, <laughs> a pretty heavy conscience, man. Like, uh, I'm very conscious about, about things and like how I treat people and like how, like how other people feel about me. Uh, and I'm not saying that in like, uh, like everyone's got to like me type of thing. It's just like the people I love and I care about the most, I want to make sure that they feel like I love them and that I care about them, you know? So um, I credit my mom and dad for doing that. That's a big part of it was just like being super supportive no matter what, even though they might be pissed off or, uh, or disappointed in me, you know? Can can your mother watch you fight? Yeah, actually, my mom can. Uh, she's obviously not like uh, super stoked up and stuff like that. She's excited <laughs> for me, but right. Uh, my she's... dad's probably worse. Though. Oh, really? Dad, he he can't hard. look. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for him, man. Yeah, it's a good thing that two of the fights I ended it pretty early because it saves him. Probably saves him some life. Uh, Man, I'm not gonna lie. It always tells me that I take uh, years off his life. Fighting, so. <laughs> right. While hopefully not taking years off of your life. So, um, I got yeah, a million. I, I got a million questions for you, man. And I want to. I want to get through a lot of the UFC stuff that you've you've, you've been doing. Um, and I know you got to get to training soon. So we only got about another ten minutes left. But first, tell us if you don't mind how you wound up on the back of a garbage truck. Oh, in the back. Uh, so when I dropped out of college um going back to like, my parents conversation they're like well you got to get a job like now so i was basically looking around for jobs that would fit well with like my training schedule and i really didn't find any and time was kind of like running out and i really needed to get some money so um i took this job as a trash man like a bulk trash man so i'd be in this trash truck rolling down to like um kind of like more like the counties surrounding like washington dc sometimes we'd be going to some uh counties near baltimore but a lot of times we were more in like the dc area and like the outskirts of dc did you like so this job we... no i didn't really like it to be yeah, honest it must have been, it must, it must have been like, horrible right the smell must have been horrible it wasn't i mean it was one of those things man i could bear it i could definitely bear it it wasn't horrible horrible and uh it's just like I could find I, I put it this way I would never want to do that my whole life and make a career of it for sure. But it was I it was the learned, get your feet on the ground job though. Yeah, and it was a good it was a good learning experience, man. Not 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 gonna lie. Um, and I do like I got stupid strong from that because we had to manually put that stuff up into the truck and then we'd have to play Tetris and like because we'd be putting like refrigerators, couches, like all this bulk trash that people, TVs like. 
everything, man. Like I used to hear on the, I'd be only going to work and I'd hear like those mattress discount commercials on the radio yeah. going on. And I'd be like, I hate you guys so much. <laughs> Cause I'm going to have to pick up people's old You work. hate, you hate that jingle, like mattress discounters. Yeah, man. I used to, I used to despise that commercial. That, that would put you in a bad headspace, right? If, if, if you heard that jingle. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I got, I'm pretty, I got some, uh, was, like the opposite of the Jedi mind trick, the Jedi defense. <laughs> right. Um, so it's the summer of uh, 2020. A global pandemic is going on, as you know, and you and you finally get the call from you, uh, the UFC. You're six and two in your pro career at the time. Uh, uh, you said you said you thought it might take ten fights to get to the UFC, but but you did it in in just eight. And uh, you also didn't have to go through the Ultimate Fighter, which is the reality-style TV series, sort of like a minor league system that the UFC has. Just just describe for us what it was like to get the call from the UFC. Yeah, man, it was uh, pretty wild. Um, like, I, like you kind of mentioned before, I thought I'd maybe get a shot on the Contender Series uh, before getting the shot in there. But, hey, man, that's the thing about uh, about you know, fighting in the UFC, you go from fighting, well, granted not, we have the contender series now, but you go from basically fighting like the ice rinks and sports flexes to fighting in these giant arenas, or obviously granted we were fighting in the apex because of COVID, but fighting in these big shows. So it's like, it all happens in a snap of a finger, dude. And it's so weird because as long as I had been on that road to the UFC, and, you know, I had my sights set on it. It's like one of those things where, like, at the end of the, you like a treasure movie where you're hunting for treasure and you're, like, walking around looking at the map. Like, it should be around here somewhere. And then, like, it's just, like, you look one way and, boom, it's right in front of your eyes. So um, it was it was weird, man, in a way, because I was almost, like, like surreal. Like, you almost don't believe it because it's, like, that was, like, the ultimate goal soon as I left college, man, it's like all the in-between, everything that was in between that, it was just like, there's so much more. And, and then it just all came down to that single moment. So it was just weird, man, like the duality of it. Yeah. Just kind of a, a mental trip. <laughs> August 22nd, 2020, uh, you make your UFC de- debut uh, at 170 pounds. Uh, you fight a guy by the name of Carlton Minus, and you beat him in a three-round unanimous decision what was that moment like for you it felt good man felt really good um it felt good starting strong in the ufc getting a win off the bat uh so that was like a huge confidence boost to myself um and it was just kind of like a i guess the kind of like a reaffirmation that like all right like we passed the first test like we uh like you know, I, I thought maybe not like I didn't think I was ready. I knew I was ready. But when you get called to the UFC and you have your first fight in the UFC, it's like, all right, well, first test. Like, you got to gotta make sure you pass it, man. This is important. First impressions, right? Yeah. So it was. It felt good to make a good first impression. Um, and it was a good, like, good start to build off of. So a strong start. Right. Not the best start, but the strong but a strong start. Well, we're we're gonna, we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the best start because now your foot is in the door with the company. You keep training, and uh, you you're, you got you get your second fight. Uh, you're fighting the guy by the name of Jason Witt. Uh, this was last fall, I believe. 
Um, the fight begins. He, he throws a kick at you, but then you catch him with a straight right hand, and he's out like a light. It's it's a knockout in 16 seconds, Matt. What what was what was that like? That one was. Uh, I was. I remember. I was like in a real, real, real cool, focused mindset that fight, and it could show after the fight because I didn't really make any any sort of like reaction really out of the out of the knockout but it was like um it felt weird in a way because it's like i was like fighting probably like my first very well i've had fights where i've uh like the fight before i got into the ufc where like i landed a shot and he was basically out but it's like your first like knockout where you hit a dude and he goes out so it was um almost like not a shock because I knew I have I, I have power and I knew I can I knew I have knockout power, but at the same time I was like, oh whoa, I know it's over, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just knew it was over and it was just kind of it kind of caught me off guard because it's like, I, you know, you hit that shot and the way he's falling and everything, I'm like, oh, it's over, and it's just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I know you got to go in a minute, but a couple more quick ones here for you. Um, June of 2021, you fight a guy by the name of Chaos Williams, and he and he gets you in a, in a three-round uh, unanimous decision. Uh, what happened in that fight, and what would you do differently? So with Chaos, um, I would say Chaos, I uh, definitely needed to focus more and implement more what I was trying to do in terms of, like, attacking and being aggressive. So I was just a little bit too tentative that fight, I'd say, to break it, to make it short. Um, too tentative, wasn't aggressive enough. Um, I was okay in bits and pieces in that fight. I had showed, like, flashes here and there, but I just, I didn't follow up on any, on anything, really. So following up more in that fight would have, uh, would have done me better. Do you want to fight Chaos again someday? No, oh, yeah. I would love to fight Chaos again. Yeah. Uh, and then last September, uh, Martin Sano is your opponent, and you catch him with that with that right hand again. 15-second uh, 15, 15 knockout, uh, just just another crazy fight. Uh, I, I think you were on uh, you were on the main card by, uh, by then, right? Uh, so it was, it was a main card fight? No, no, not main card. No, oh. I was uh, I was early prelims. Um, early prelims. Okay. One day, I would- I'll get on. I'll get on the main card eventually. Right. Well, <laughs> with, with, with these knockouts, I mean, you own two of the fastest knockouts in UFC history. I mean, that, that that's got to be a, a crazy feather in your cap. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely eyeing if I can get uh, under 20 seconds. If I get another knockout in under 20, I'll set an all uh, a standalone record. Right. So I'm eyeing that up for sure. <laughs> Has Dana said anything to you after after any of these fights, Dana White? Nah, man, he's a busy guy. And plus, like, I'm not, like, I've made some noise for sure in the UFC, but I'm still, like, kind of, like, a little itty-bitty guy at the bottom, kind of, so. Right. I'm, uh, and and that's exciting to me, man. I like, like, like the or- it's like the origin story of, uh, of a superhero or whatever. Or <laughs> the... Right. I'm at the bottom right now, so I'll make my way up. Can, can you guys make decent money? Uh, f- fighters of your stature, what, what kind of money do you guys make? Make decent money. Um, I mean... Every fighter who comes into the promotion starts at a UFC, yeah, UFC debut at twelve twelve. So it's like twelve thousand to show, twelve thousand to win. 
and if you put on a good fight so you get a knockout of the night um, or some sort of performance bonus you'll get 50,000 on top of that so um, that was basically for like I'll give for instance with the wit fight um, I think at that point I was at like 14-14 so I was win or show win 14-14 and then I got 50k on top of that so got you got you a townhouse got you a townhouse in the villages right (laughs) yeah so man, it's look. Trust me, man. You can make some money, but not at the same time, like, you gotta work for it, man. And uh, you gotta do it against. Um, you know, you gotta do. I'd say do it consistently enough, and you gotta do it uh, in in good fashion too. Right. Well, like knockouts happen a lot, submissions happen a lot, and stuff like that. So you gotta make it. You gotta make it look good. Right. Last one for you, because I know you gotta go. What What do you like to do when you're not training, not fighting? You You're a guy that likes to unplug, right? From From daily oh, yeah. life. Yeah, I like uh, like going to the mountain, uh, Sugarloaf or like Cunningham Falls. Um, I like to read a decent bit. I got a good little bit of library in my room now. What What do you um, What do you read? Comics comics i'm a big fan of um any sort of like non-fiction like related stuff to like fighting and like like biographies and stuff like that like i got mike tyson's up there i got uh dan gable's wrestling book i got um is it jack dempsey's boxing championship boxing book um what, what, what's uh, the best comic who's the best superhero Dude, I don't have a favorite superhero. Back, if you asked me that back in high school, I'd be like Superman. You know, of course I got the Superman tat. But right um, now, dude, after like getting more and more into like comic books and like you know all these universes and like I'm into like Dungeons and Dragons and like all these like anime comic stuff now. So it's like I got so many favorite ones, man. But I'd say I'll list off a few of them. So uh, I love Wolverine is one of my favorites. Um, not so much a uh, superhero, more of an anti-hero, but Venom is one of my favorites. Um, Spider-Man, one of my favorites. Batman. I was gonna awesome. say, I was gonna say, no love for Batman. Oh, I love Batman. Dude. Yeah, Batman's awesome. He's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, man, I've actually been reading some of these. Uh, Marvel's been coming out with some of these Star Wars comics um, that I've been reading a little bit. It's pretty good. So, well, yeah, man. Uh, I mean. I'm into a little bit of the nonfiction stuff, uh, uh, you know, more like autobiography type of things, and then I'll mix it in with like my comics and whatnot. Will comics be written about semi the Jedi uh, one day? Maybe I might be making one, man. One day <laughs> I'm gonna make some comics. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, man. I'll offer you a virtual uh, fist bump because because we're doing this over Zoom. Mm-hmm. So uh, best of luck as your uh, career proceeds, and and we'll be in touch, man. We we can't wait to see your next fight. So. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yep. Uh, great having you. That is uh, Matt Samuelsberger. Uh, we'll be fighting sometime in March, we're thinking, S- somewhere in there. So um, so check them out. Uh, these fights are on ESPN Plus usually, right? Yeah, yeah, ESPN Plus. Okay. Uh, uh, in March, uh, check it out, ESPN Plus. Matt Samuelsberger, um, Urbana High School graduate and uh, successful M- MMA fighter in the UFC so far. All right, that does it for us here on the Final Score Podcast this week. My thanks to John Cannon, to Graham Collin for producing. And uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Glad to be here in uh, 2022. And uh, we'll see you back here next week on the Final Score Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.